0: to the New Chemist Podcast. We're glad you're listening. Feel free to download this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and a variety of other platforms. Here on the New Chemist, we discuss chemistry, which simply put is a science of change, as well as community, research, careers, and COVID-19. We're happy you're listening. My guest today is Mr. Ricardo DeVoe. The Deputy Permanent Secretary of the Ministry of Education in the Bahamas. Thanks again for joining me. Just briefly, I'll inform my audience about you. An accomplished scholar and public servant. Mr. Ricardo DeVoe is a 1995 graduate of the r Bailey Senior High School, a 1990 graduate of Bethune-Cookman College with a Bachelor of Science degree in psychology with honors, and a 1992 graduate of Nova Southeastern University with a Master's of Science degree in Human Services with a specialization in human resource management. In May 2009, he delivered the commencement address at Bethune-Cookman University and was awarded the Honorary Doctorate of Humane Letters. He's been employed with Obama's government since 1992, and he is currently stationed at the Ministry of Education as Deputy permanent Secretary, that is responsible for the technical education and labor relations. He is the former chairman of the school board for RM Bailey Senior High School, former chairman for Greenville Preparatory Academy, and a member of the National Tripartite Council. He is the former student by president of Bethune-Cookman University and resident student by president at Nova Southeastern University. He's won numerous awards and has numerous accomplishments and he was instrumental in the establishment of the Bahamas Primary School Student of the Year Awards Program, a premier awards program in the Bahamas. It is good to have him on as a guest. Please welcome Mr. Ricardo. DeVoe. Thank you, Mr. DeVoe, for joining me today. It is a pleasure, a privilege, an honor to have the Deputy Permanent Secretary of the of Education on this podcast today. Um, thank you again. Thank so, you for having me. Yes. So, what have been your long standing interests in the field of public service? Um,
1: you know, I started as a public service servant 29 years ago. And there were many reasons, um, you know, people join the public service. You know, one is economic opportunity, the chance to work on something that they are passionate about. And most persons join the public service because of job security. But for me, it honestly, I felt like for the past 29 years, I've been a part of a group of individuals who are determined to change the profile of the public servant raising the profile of the who the public servant is. Mm. Um, and also um, giving the example that the best and brightest individuals still want to work for um, the government, people who are committed to making a difference. And I know for me, um, I joined the public service because I want to give back to my country.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I want to give back. So mm-hmm. that has been um, my longstanding interest in the field of um, in the feel of public service,
0: giving okay. back, giving back, so reciprocity. Yeah. Basically, what you receive, you want to give yes. back in return. So, yes. how do you see yourself doing that? How are you? Do you feel like you're doing that now? Well, I am. Um, well, as um, well, in the public
1: service, we have. I I started, I started in 1992. Once I came back from grad school. And it's interesting because persons usually think, well, okay, you're working at, um, like I'm working at the Ministry of Education now. However, I started working um, at the Ministry of, um, I started with the Ministry of Education in 1992. I've been working there since um, 92 to 98. And then I went on a rotation where I worked at the Ministry of Finance for five. I was on a rotation for 15 months, Ministry of Finance for um, five months, Ministry of Public Works for five months. Then I worked in the actual cabinet office for five months. They had, um, we were uh, up and coming public servants, so they wanted to give us a feel of how the the public service was. And then I got seconded to the Royal Bahamas Police Force To work in the human resources department for two years. And then after that, I went to the Ministry of Housing, where I worked for um, about four, four years. And then I went to Ministry of Youth, where I assisted in starting a small business um, program called Self Starter, where we assisted young entrepreneurs um, to get funding to start their own business. And then after that, we, um, I went to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs for one year. And um, from 2013 to um, September of this year, I was at the Ministry of Labor, where, again, working in, the, in, in public service in the field of assisting in labor relations. And in September of this year, I got transferred back to the Ministry of Education So it's almost like I'm back home
0: where Mm -hmm. I started
1: 29 years ago. But every position that I've had in the public service is all about giving back, about assisting, about um, me growing as an individual.
0: That's good. That's very good. Yeah, I think it's very important for us um, to not only achieve things, but be able to help others to achieve as well. So in terms of your... In terms of your...
1: Yeah. yeah. No. In
0: terms of your um, career thus far, you have served as Deputy permanent Secretary, Assistant Secretary, um at, in the cabinet office, as you mentioned, in the Ministry of Youth. But also one thing that stands out is you were active in student government. So what where, where would you say this leadership capacity or desire, where do you say, where would you say that came from? How do you well, think, how was that developed?
1: Well, well interesting, um, I'm in both of my college, my undergrad and grad, I was student body president. And so uh, my love for service began, even I guess in high school, cause I was a part of junior achievement. Um, so I was president of my junior achievement company uh, when I went to uh, college. I was on student government from my sophomore year. So I've always, service has always been a part of um, what I enjoy doing. So I I believe coming to the public service and serving was just another form of, uh, of being able to be comfortable and excited about giving back uh, to my community, giving back to my country. Okay, that's good, that's good. Yeah,
0: so how do you maintain view of the bigger picture in your career and in your life in general?
1: Uh, that's interesting. Um, I think many years ago, um, I don't know if you would you would hear, it, but people would say that, well, well the public servants don't have, attract the best and the brightest. Um, and so I, I have said for me that the public service, um, um, what, what has caught my attention I guess with the public service is that public service uh, and that's why I say that the Korean public service is something that you have to want to give back because in the public service and we think about the private sector in the public in the private sector is usually that you're accountable to who your shareholders, you're accountable to um, to those persons who um, and it's all about a profit driven but when you work for the public service, um, you don't aren't afforded that luxury. You are now working to make um taxpayers. So who are your customers? They're the ones who are demanding. And so um uh, it ain't we don't have no um shareholders that we say we have to make a profit. So my bigger picture of working in the career in public service, meaning that I'm going to be obligated to these uh to these taxpayers that I'm going to give the best quality service that I supposed to give. I'm going to give back. Um, um, and ensure that whatever section that I'm in, that I'm going to be a part of those change agents that are making the government look good.
0: Mm-hmm. You no,
1: know? so yeah. that's I, I look at that as for me the bigger picture.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, I completely agree. It's almost it's you're striving for excellence within your field within your craft. Yes, you maximize the resources that are available to you as a public servant. So, yes, yeah, I completely agree. Um, and you know with that same. Uh, intention to give back that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast that's one of the reasons why I have decided to start writing books as well as a chemistry graduate student I've published a book already and I'm working on some more books I'm trying to tailor a book right now for BGCFC chemistry students at this moment wow let me tell you can I can I be a
1: little honest about you I
0: mean when I met you
1: as a sixth grade student Mm-hmm. Um, I would always remember the portfolio that you presented, okay, as a Student of the year. Okay. Um, you were about 10 or 11 mm-hmm. and you you were dressed up um, and I remember everyone talking about you. You okay. were dressed up in in a high chair
0: mm-hmm. in a
1: suit and tie.
0: okay And that was the
1: opening picture of your portfolio. <laughs> and I, could, I, I, I always remember what the words of the judges were. It was like, this young man has already changed his mindset. We can't wait to see where he will be in years to come. And it's interesting that I look at you today, and I look at that same young man in that portfolio. And if you go back to your portfolio, you will see you were that young man in that, that chair, in that high chair with that tie, shirt and tie. Doing yeah. great things, my brother. Doing great Thank things. you.
0: Yeah, God is good. God is good. And I'm thankful for my parents and people like you, who our potential <laughs> in me to invest in that potential and to give back to me. So yeah, thank you so much. So how have you been adaptive and creative in the field of education? You know, currently um, we, we encounter some challenges in the bombs. Yeah, yes. we are encountering some challenges. I think everyone's aware of that. So how are we like are being adaptive or creative? What new technologies, new strategies are we implementing to improve it? Well, I guess one of the things um, that we have um,
1: in the last 19, 20 months, uh, especially in the field of education, we have really truly been um, as the Ministry of Education uh, suffering because, I mean, this pandemic has uh, created, a, a, I guess, a headache for all of us. And, and in fact, just in the last four weeks, the Ministry of Education has been in a lot of meetings. In fact, we just had a town hall meeting on Thursday with our minister, the Honorable Glennis Anna Martin,
0: mm-hmm. is
1: that, you know, we have had the virtual platform in education um, and, and there have been some challenges because unlike, I guess, students who are probably in the private schools who parents are investing, we have a lot of kids who are not being properly or have not been coming on. So we are having to find like creative ways of how we're going to um, get these kids back to the level where at least trying to catch them up. Well, we have now had to, uh, in January, start this hybrid model of kids going back to school, mm-hmm. um, because uh, we are giving kids the the tools. We're giving them the um, i the technology. Uh, technology needed. However, we're still seeing. Uh, we're saying we're seeing about at least they're saying about 40 percent of the kids who have not been on um, since this virtual began and so that's a problem for us
0: yeah and so we,
1: um, and so we are really honestly trying to see how we're going to get these kids back into some school and and of course, uh, prior to the pandemic we had kids who were falling behind mm-hmm. in the system. so um, 20 months uh we we are we are we are working and praying and hoping because um the united nations has said that um if we don't correct this problem soon we will lose a generation and and we can't afford to lose that and so the ministry of education is doing all it can to ensure that we don't lose a generation here in the bahamas we can't afford
0: to do yeah we can't afford to do that And you know i completely I'll say this, you know, I, I'm a person of faith. So I believe things can change. Yes,
1: yes, so and yeah. we are, we are too. And that's what the minister said last week. She says, yeah. you know, we are praying that this is not the case. So we yeah. are, yeah. we
0: are, yeah. we are praying. Yeah, we faith are, and we are believing. Faith we are believing. Faith and strategy. Okay. Faith yes. and strategy. So you yes. know, and along with that same line, I'll drop one more, one more update. Um, I, I've also work, I'm also working towards a specific uh, tailored grant, um, to help support, uh labs back home in the bahamas if the grant is approved if the grant is approved yeah i'm working towards that as well so you know because at the same time i agree and i acknowledge that government plays a major role in changing things but we the people have to play a role as well yes to complement the changing the dynamic as well so yeah that's what i'm working on as well so how have you sort of found the right environment for you to thrive scientifically and intellectually (sighs) How did you know which environment was for you at that particular season and time? Well, it's interesting because I've been um,
1: um, an individual who have been prayerful about decisions and things that I uh, will do in my life. Okay. And interesting enough, it it is so weird because I have been, I've been in the season, I was at the Ministry of Labor for seven years and I knew that it was really time for me to move on. And so I started saying, well, Lord, um, where, where is my next season? Um, and so I started um, asking for directions. I did not know that I would end up back at the Ministry of Education. I, 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 I thought that was a shock when I got a call to say that I'm, I'm being transferred to education. And um, it was, it was um, in July, of this year that I got the call, and I end up going back to education in September. But then I realized um, God is, is is directing my life. And so if I, if he's directing me, there's something why I went back to education. And of course, I guess we will talk about the impactful program that I have. That's not a government-funded program. That's something that's private. Mm-hmm. However, I think that God saw, well, hey, um, he's doing something in education, mm-hmm. um, impacting education in his private life. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see how I can send him to, to do that work in addition to being at the Ministry of Education. And and so I, I think it's, it's it's been something looked at complementary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't, I mean, honestly, I was like, no, I don't want to go to education. And they get confused that this program that I had that's private is is a part of education but um i'm believing god that he directs us part and he directed me to to go back to education yeah. and so i'm just there
0: and you know as someone on the outside i think there's a continuous trend in that you've always been working in the field of education yes, uh, yes. yeah so i think it's a continuous trend yes. so you know yes. along the lines of talking about the COVID 19 pandemic and science education or education in general would you say that visualizing in terms of what are the desired goals on the other side of this adversity? Specifying what we can do now and collaborating—would you say those three aspects are critical to us implementing change to the next phase of this educational system? Well,
1: there's no if, and or but. I okay. think that this the last twenty years, twenty months, sorry, has taught us that what we were doing isn't really working properly, and so we now have to start to strategically think about how we're going to to, um, implement these changes in the field of education to improve, to make sure that we don't lose any of our uh, students. And so definitely, if the last 20 months didn't teach us anything, then we would have failed as leaders. We would have failed as as individuals who are responsible for um, making sure that the next level um, or, or the next set of persons are not disadvantaged because yeah. we did not plan, we did yeah, not I, see, we yeah. did not yeah. foresee.
0: So uh, I just have one more question along these lines and then we transition to something else. Another question I have is, would you say that um, taking ownership of your learning uh, allowed for certain students to be more successful in the public school system in that teaching themselves or finding a way to learn the material themselves with the facilitation of a teacher enable success for student outcome? Well,
1: well, I think part of it have to be, um, one, it has to be a collaborative effort between parent and teachers. Um, so I, I, I think the tripod, you know, the, the government, the parent, the um, and also the student, parent and student, because part of it, um, David, is that we know that students who attend um, Private schools that their, their parents are usually more involved, um, but we find out that the students who attend the public school, their parents aren't as involved, or sometimes they can't be. Mm-hmm. But we need to find some way that we will actually connect all of these dots to determining that hey, you have to be involved in your child's life, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I I I sort of have a perspective on that because. I attended a private school and i know that i don't talk about this aspect of my life much but i attended a private school and i got kicked out mm-hmm. of my private school mm-hmm. um, because i got three f's two d's i'd already repeated the eighth grade and so by the 10th grade i got kicked out
0: mm-hmm.
1: of 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 the private school i attended um, my parents sought to enroll me in another private school two other private schools and that didn't work so i had to attend a public school but my parents did not give up on me when I went into that uh, public school. Mm-hmm. They continued to work. I had a guidance counselor by the name of Zoe Powell. I had a teacher by the name of Sharon Poitier and a teacher by the late Chuck Mackey who pushed me and who knew that I was a broken child and they realized that I needed intervention. Mm-hmm. And so with my parents, Edward and Beverly DeVoe and those good teachers, I am who I am today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Broken,
1: yeah. but... May, making a contribution now
0: yeah that, that's a good story and that's a good narrative and i think you know if we could extrapolate the, the interventions from those case studies in those particular scenarios i think we can implement some more changes so yeah. um how do you maintain a balanced life given all your responsibilities and accomplishments how do you maintain <laughs> balance mr Devoe?
1: well let me tell you i have an awesome wife pamela and two amazing daughters who are partners with me in the work that I do, whatever I do, okay. and I—I've I, also set a principle, and this may sound crazy, but I said um, I would save the world from Monday to Thursday, okay. but I'm—I'm I'm saving my family Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and that doesn't mean that on Mondays I, I don't deal with family, but um, I'm actively involved in my community, and um, but I'm also actively involved in my um, children's life. No school play, no school dance. I am I am not there because I want my, my children to also know I can't be saving the whole world and not saving them. Mm-hmm. And so um, what you would notice that, I mean, I find um, my wife and I have, she does the school drop-off. I do the pickup and I have always enjoyed doing the pickup because I usually find that time to talk to my daughters to find out what's going on. Um, well, one is in college now, and the uh, the others in grade seven. But I enjoyed that time that I spent with them, so that was always always a part of the balance. So mm-hmm. Although I was working hard, mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. guess what? I'm still saving. I don't plan nothing on Friday nights, uh, so there's no parties. No, none. I'm always uh, my daughters are going to whatever they want to do on Friday nights and Saturday. Other days, mm-hmm. like just the Saturday, uh, on Saturday date, my fraternity had a bell ringing for the Salvation Army. But mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. night um, I took my daughters to get something to eat, my wife and daughters, for something to eat. Then we went um, looking at the Christmas lights and On because May, I'm May? trying to create moments, you know, that mm-hmm. night, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just trying to create moments. So that's how come I have a balanced life, okay, you know, yeah, because okay. it's very important to have a balanced life.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. And you know, what you talk about, um, if you phrase it differently, um, you talked about strategies and priorities, yes. basically. Yes. yes. Yeah, you have, you, and you know, I've spoken to professors from MIT, Harvard, Georgia Tech, and a variety of other places. And there are some common trends. Most of them say, most of them when they talk, when I ask them about um, balance, they speak about their spouses, one. Yeah. And they also speak about their family. So having priorities yes. just complement the balance. Yes. So um, how do you maintain vision and teamwork in your environment? How are you able to keep the team moving? team going forward well first of all i
1: you know we were trying to connect for a while and it was because i've uh just a few months ago the government implemented a leadership training program for nine months for they have selected about 40 public servants to put us through this course where we are dealing with ethics in government where we're doing teamwork where we're doing um doing productivity and it's so interesting because they have brought about 40 like-minded, I, I I guess for them, the government is saying, well, okay, these are, these are a group of part of our, um, the leaders, the movers, the shakers, the ones who are going to be transformative. And it's so interesting is that we are feeding off one another because then we realize that, hey, we are, we are going to be a part of the individuals who are going to make a difference in the public service. And so um, maintaining vision and teamwork mm-hmm. in that environment, we are, We are feeding off one another, and although we are from respective ministries, we find that there's some common threads of things that we need to do some things that we need to how we are going to implement. um, The public service, we know that we have to change the mindset Mm -hmm. of the public servant, because if we don't. um, We know one thing that um, the public service will not survive and so for us we want to be able to be a part of the individuals who are going to be the mentors the going the individuals who are going to be the 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 creative ones to show that hey we are going to do what we need to do to make um put putting persons in the right mindset allowing persons to to see what it takes to uh to make the public service run and to, and and to to fulfill our respective roles in the public service so i think it's all about about that um and then yeah. recognizing that we are team members
0: mm-hmm. i agree you know yeah. team members team members yeah and I, I was listening to a discussion by uh a thought uh, opinion leader thought leader whatever you want to phrase her as uh pastor as well um and she stated what's one thing that you can change right now that could change everything you could change the way you think you could change yes. you could decide to change the way you think about your yes. situation yes so yeah that's good mindset is important so, what, so making these questions even more specific, why did you choose psychology as a field to major in? Why psychology?
1: <laughs> it's interesting. Um, when I went to school, mm. um, my best friend was a marketing major. And so I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so uh, my first semester in college, I, I selected marketing as a major. However, I knew that I wanted to work in a field that deals with helping, working with people and and so i took a psychology class and i fell in love with it Mm -hmm. and so i i started um thinking about what kind of careers you can get with a um with a degrees in psychology and i I i'm so embarrassed to tell you how this one ended up but i loved psycho i loved psychology Um, and it was a it it was a um, how I'd say, um, a mind-blowing experience. Um, it was, a, and so in my freshman year, I decided, let me look at some of the majors. And I end up doing, uh, after that course, the second course, and, and I saw psychology being the greatest area for me. And so, um, got into it and, I decided that I would pursue a PhD in psychology. Okay. But but I didn't, let me tell you what happened. I I graduated from um, college at the age of 22. And I was like, oh man, five more years in school. I'll be 28, I'll be single, no kids. Do I wanna spend the rest five years in school? Um, The biggest mistake for me, and that's why I encourage young people to go after your dreams. Because on my 28th birthday, I sat there and I was like, wow, I'm single, no kids um, and I should have pursued my PhD. But um, what I did was I still was in love with psychology. And so when I went to grad school, I decided to, um, to f- pick an area that I can work with my psychology and, and I loved human resources. And so that's why I end up doing human resources at the graduate level, but yeah. it's all about helping people.
0: Yeah, and you know this is the thing. Mr. I would I would say this. You know, getting a PhD is good. I'm in grad school now. Yes, it's nice and fine and dandy. But you know, the reality of the situation is having employable skills, having the capacity to change situations, to implement strategies, to work well in the environment. I think those translate equally as well as having a degree. A degree does provide job security. A PhD does provide a lot of opportunity and leverage and social mobility and all of other things. And research shows that. But my yes. thing is um, you can have a PhD and still not have the skills that you need for that particular niche. Yes, yes. You can have a PhD in, so for example, you have a PhD in some specific type of mass spec, mass spectrometry, which is a chemi- chemistry technique. And you need to work in a particular area, in the biological area. The yeah. available in the biological realm. So how, how do you connect those two? If you didn't get the employable skills, you have to do some more training then. yes. Even with the PhD. So, yeah. So, you know, I think it depends on your your field. So, um, if you want to characterize what makes a successful public servant, what would you say? If someone's trying, if someone (laughs) sees Mr. DeVoe, listen to this episode, a Bahamian, American, whoever the case, because these go all around the world. So, um, if someone listens to this episode and wants to be a public servant, a servant leader, what would you say makes a successful servant leader?
1: Well, first of all, we all know that public servants work for the government and are there the citizens who make up um, working for them. But we want to know that we work for the elected government, not the political party. Mm-hmm. And so it's not, so when we come to work to the um for the public service, we are not here to work because of our, the politics. We are here to deliver a service for the government. We are here to inform, and give policy-making decisions. We are here to give the best evidence-based advice to our leaders and has nothing to do about politics. It's, it's, it's doing, making sure that we're giving ethical, we're making sure we're giving um, uh, integrity in our uh, development, in our, our thoughts. We're also ensuring that one one of the things about it is that we are, I always say, public servants are loyal to the government, not to, Whoever is in, but ensuring that again, giving impartial advice, uh, objective advice, so the public servant knows that hey, I am I am working for the lead for the for the for the country, and it's all about putting my country first. Um, and so I, I believe that's what we look at for a successful for ideal public servant.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. You work for you work and you I respect the office, the institution. Yes. Yes. Procedures. Yeah, that's good. That's a good point. So yeah. what ways can people contribute to the Bahamian Ministry of Education or Department of Education at this time? How can people contribute? If someone wants well, to say, I see the issue or I see the Bahamian people struggling with this. Um, how can Bahamians or others contribute? Well, well,
1: first of all, um, I would like what I would love to see, mm-hmm. uh, David, is that one, our young people who are going um, and and obtaining additional qualifications and and, uh, knowledge that they will return one day to come back to assist to build up our country Mm. because all of the knowledge that uh, persons are receiving, Mm. we also need to build up the Bahamas. Mm. So I'm hoping that we would see those individuals. Like I have a daughter. As I said, she she did uh, her bachelor's in elementary education, uh, she's pursuing her master's in special ed. And mm. so I'm hoping that she would return back to the Bahamas, knowing that um, she has a contribution to make. Mm. And, and 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 I'm hoping that the Bahamas also will be um, ensuring that they are going to make the environment attractive enough yeah. for our young people to return home yeah. and to make their contribution, because we cannot be too afraid. And, and, and this is where we have problems. Um, our young people are getting the qualifications, but they're afraid to give them the advancement they need mm. because they say, well, they're too young. And so I'm hoping that we change our mindset too, um, because um, you can't expect our young people to go off and be trained and you're not willing to um, embrace them. Mm-hmm. Because you feel that they're too young, and so that's a problem in the Bahamas
0: Yeah, I completely agree that 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 there's a there's a mindset shift that has to change. Yes, the yes. mindset shift that has yes. to take place in that um you know a fresh perspective can yes. be good. Yes. Yeah. Novelty and novelty and naivety don't always go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. 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 So so just because someone's young doesn't mean that they don't have the capacity to make a substantial yes. change. Yes. And yeah, so I completely agree with that. Um, so do you have any advice to those wanting to pursue the field you are currently working in? Well, my advice to
1: them is that one, you be open mind, you change that mindset. I, I want you to also to be, to be mindful of what it is that you want to do. Um, I'm so sorry for, but for me, mm-hmm. David, everything that I do, it's all about what legacy Ricardo Duvo is going to make, whether it's in mm-hmm. private, public. Um, what is going to be the legacy, what is going to be something that I'm going to give to someone else. Um, it's all about mentoring. Mm-hmm. I believe that I am placed on earth to make someone else better than I was or mm-hmm. to make their road better than I was. So it's helping someone else, mentoring somebody, somebody else in this um, road called life. And yeah. so um, I'm here to, to to offer myself so that the person who comes after me
0: mm-hmm. um, doesn't have it as hard as I did. Yeah, I completely you know? agree with you. You know, if I could help somebody yeah. as I travel along, my yes. yes. living will not be in vain. And you know, another thing is, um, I spoke with a professor from Harvard, Harvard University, Harvard and MIT. This is a co-director of the Health Sciences and Technology School. His name is Dr. Emmy Brown. And one of the things he said, and this is not very, this is not a novel, but this is important. He said, if you could be nice to someone, why not do it? If you can yes. just be nice to someone, you're never too important to help someone or to reach out to someone. So I think that's never. very important. You're never too important, never, because you, you know God and Jesus Christ reached out to us. Yes. Yeah. So you're never too important. Um. So, how what has been some of the most beneficial advice you have received? Oh, um, um, one is that
1: um, I as I said earlier, I'm um, having. Uh, ploughed out of high school, I remember having um, my teachers and my parents tell me that, yes, I can. Um, and so uh, I, I think made that um, phrase so powerful. But I remember my parents telling me, Ricardo, you can move beyond this point. Um, I, 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 Although you failed, I'm not giving up on you. You are my child. Um, mm-hmm. You are my student. And you can do it. And you mm-hmm. will do it. Um, and so that's why for me, David, whenever I meet young people, I actually give them the the tool of telling them, yes, they can. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you can become whoever you want to become. Write it down, um, study it, review it, mm-hmm. and
0: make it happen. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Write the vision, make it plain to us nothing. So tarry, do. Yeah, don't so wait for it, it'll surely come yep. to pass. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. So you know, I completely agree with that. And you know, the thing I've come to understand is yes, we recognize faith has its role in like religious circles, but faith also has a role in our vocational lives. Yes, yes, it yeah. does. It has a su- substantial role. So, you know, and I, I think um as we conclude, one thing that's important is um I think some things we can take away from this conversation is don't. Be persistent, persevere, yes. don't yes. give up, you know. Um, things are challenging, but you know, hold fast to faith and hold fast to the people that are around you. Yes. And I think one of the things that we have come to understand is children, especially even in scientific circles, PH population, is known that they have the capacity to be resilient. So things can change. Yes. Things can. can change. You just have to put in the work and trust God with the process. Yes. Yeah. So thank you, Mr. DeVoe. This is a really Thank good you, process. David. Uh... Thank you.